On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Sunday, May the fifteenth. It is Ian involved in the hockey hockey circle and uh yeah what's the age group you're uh, coaching right now so I, I work at an academy in oakville so we work with i work with all levels and skills we go from about six to about to pro guys so usually my day will consist of the little guys at like six o'clock or four o'clock to six o'clock and then from there we kind of get the older triple a to junior and then uh, in the summertime i work with the pro guys when they come home so it's a good mix of uh skill levels yeah, nice. Uh, and by the way, that's not the first time we've had uh, Brett McLean, we've had Travis White, we've had others on this uh, show uh, during the uh, playoffs, and they are also, uh, you know, teaching, you know, and they're at the Hill Academy, you know, which is a very well-known, uh, you know, uh, instructional place for uh, young kids and for hockey, uh, youth hockey. So uh, it's been, uh, Shane Wright came through there, of course, about to be the number one uh, overall pick, most likely uh, in this year's NHL draft and going to the Montreal Canadiens, just to make Leaf fans feel even better here on a Sunday afternoon after what happened last night, which we will get to uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Vito, how are things? Um, look, I mean, I'm with you, my friend. Uh, I had an amazing regular season. I know you were doing well in the regular season. Hell, you were doing really good at the beginning of the playoffs. But yesterday for me with the individual game bets, every theory uh, that I had turned out to be a crackpot theory because uh, it didn't work out. Uh, you know, the draws, none of them got there. How about the third period overs yesterday, which have been so good in playoff elimination games, and it's with good reasoning because you expect teams trailing in the third period of an elimination game to just press, go all out, try to tie the game, and then the net is empty for an extended period of time. You've got so many opportunities for goals, yet all three of those games yesterday, game sevens, stay under uh, in terms of the third period, So and also stay under in terms of the full game. So, uh, yeah, it was a weird situation yesterday. 
Uh, but Vito, just overall, I mean, hey, it is what it is, playoffs are tricky. I always say that when it comes to betting. Yeah, well, I, I was on two plays, which I gave out, you know, as the best bets. I mean, Carolina, uh, Carolina, I think everyone was on Carolina, more or less, you know, from the show as well, as I saw in the comments. That was the highlight of my day, the series bet cashed on the hurricane. Yeah, that was a nice one. I think that was without a problem, the best play, best play of the all night. And then Leafs lighting, you know, that was a hell of a game. You know, you you cannot say anything bad at Toronto. You know, I think this was different different year for them. It was not like always, you know, it was a great Tampa team. It's still a loss, you know, and I understand it's frustrating, but at least they had a hell of a series, I think. And I, uh, the best best is to take something from it, you know, and move forward, I think, for them. And uh, for the Oilers and Kings, I mean, yeah, I, I also, well, it's still game seven, you know, elimination game maybe is one game, uh, one Meaning it could be a maybe three one in series, you know, or three two. Then again, when we, when we talk maybe about game seven, especially when it's three three, then maybe actually kind of looks like the teams really tightening it up. You know, it's not really pushing even over. You know, so yeah. really looks like an under. And that game was also also very tight. You know, well Mike Smith plays very well. You know, let's hopefully he can keep it up. You know, I think McDavid deserves it. You know, I was happy to see him celebrating. I mean, that guy worked so hard for that team. You know, and. Really, really, really happy for him to see him succeed. And yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Well, I played over there over six. I thought it got, because series was very open yes. overall all, all these games, you know. And just now we saw the last game really being low scoring. So yeah, that was a loser. But the other one, Carolina, was a winner. So one one Nike. Yeah, not bad. Hey, one and one, you'll take it. Especially again, game sevens are definitely a, a trickier handicap. I will get Perry's thoughts on yesterday, mine as well, but. Perry's on the show for the first time with the first time guests. We do a little trip down memory lane. We give them a little blast from the past and they appreciate it. It's uh, nothing humiliating. So everybody, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, let's go down memory lane. We've got here to show you the first college goal that Perry scored and also the first professional goal that he scored. Let's roll the tape. Tiger chopped off him to go get it across the blue line, past the leg, sucks him along the boards for Dorizo. Dorizo in on sides. He'll wait. Pass for Burton. Dorizo! And a Dorizo's first game and his first career goal on a given go for Jared Burton. And the Knights take a 2 0 lead. How about that for a memory? Uh, yeah, and look, that was no fluke. That wasn't a goal off the skate. The next day after that. Jeez. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it wasn't and no fluke goal. You know, it wasn't off someone's skate, no deflection or anything. That's a legit, really good quality goal. Give yourself credit, my friend. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I remember I remember we we flew to Minnesota for the tournament, and it was the first time, first time uh, I'd been to like a big, a big 10 rink as a freshman, right? Um, and the tournament style, we were really hoping to play Minnesota, and we lost our first game to New Hampshire. So we ended up playing Mercyhurst, but it was it was still as a you know as a freshman playing in a, in an arena like that it was uh, it was definitely cool so to get the first one there was definitely special for sure all right that was the first in college the first in the pros right here Teresa, good move over the line oh, and gets it to the right circle it's Canisto in deep in front it comes they score Perry Dorizo has his first professional goal when the Jackals are back within one it's a 3-2 game 3:15 to go here in the second period and look at that little roof job. Yeah, there. another that, one that was uh, no cheap. That one was definitely lucky. So we'll just, yeah, we won't talk too in depth about that one. We'll just say uh, luck was on my side for that one for sure. Hey, puck luck. Hey, the, half the goals that any player in any league will score are going to be a little bit fortuitous in terms of the puck just going in the right spot, 
uh, getting a little bit of a you know geometrical deflection or whatever and it just ends up going in so uh, but there you go a little uh, blast from the past here from uh, perry uh, in awesome. his playing days um so perry what did you think yesterday i mean it was just an incredible day for anyone that's a hockey fan hockey better which we all are of course here on the ice guys most and everyone watching and listening uh, just an incredible day with three game sevens and of course we'll have two more later today that we'll tee up and preview but first of all boston carolina perry what did you think of that to me it just seemed like as long as carolina was going to keep that series at five on five not give boston uh, too many power play opportunities and really key in on marshawn bergeron and Pasternak. dare someone else to beat them they were going to be the team to emerge in that series and that's exactly what happened yeah i think after the first two games um everyone kind of wrote boston off i think i did including myself i think i was watching that before the season uh, the series started and i said you know carolina's gonna run away with this one i just don't see i don't see the depth coming out of boston i think you know i think they have a great tandem that they've gotten net now but with rast out there i just didn't see them as that kind of defensive stalwart team that they've been kind of in seasons past um and kudos to them like they pushed that series to a game seven they showed why they've been such a successful franchise for such a long time. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think everybody was kind of on Carolina for that game seven, myself included. Um, I think that, you know, the better team won in that situation and, and you know, and right to the very end, Boston scored, you know, with, with 30, 40 seconds left in the game to, to make it close. And, and I think that kind of is a good summation of the series in itself. Carolina, you know, maybe dominated some play in the majority parts of the game. But Boston was able to just, you know, hang around and hang around and hang around. But I think in the end of the day, the, the better team won and is moving on. So that's good to see from a neutral standpoint. Yeah, and when you look at this game from a uh, side or a total standpoint, from a betting pers perspective, I mean, this had two bad beats, really, in one game. I mean, if you had over five and a half, I mean, that's pretty tough. It was three yeah. to one uh, going into the third period. You've got just an ideal situation where Boston's got to really attack and be aggressive down two goals with their season on the line uh, trailing going into the third. Uh, and yet all you got was that one late goal from Pasternak with the net empty with 20 seconds left. And by then there's not enough time to, you know, for Boston to try to tie it really. Uh, they did have a little flurry there that was dangerous, but Carolina cleared it and uh, no chance for an empty net either. So you just get the one goal in the third period game stays under. And how brutal is that too? If you had Carolina puck line. What if you had the minus one and a half with them? Just absolutely awful. And there's Pasternak just ruining your uh, ruining your ticket right there uh, with that goal with uh, 20 seconds left to uh, make it three to two. Thankfully, though, most I think most of us, I know Vito had just the money line, but uh, most people had the either regulation or money line with Carolina. I don't think too many people laid a puck and a half with them uh, in that game. But if you did, uh, my condolences to you because that's tough. <laughs> That's absolutely uh, brutal. Hey, Perry, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. Vito's now been at this for a while. Bad beats are part of the game. You know, it was, you know you're going to have some tough ones. You're going to have some ones where, you know, it's looking good, looking good. And this goes for football, basketball, baseball, all the other major sports I'm betting throughout the year as well. You just got to live with it. But if you had Carolina puck line, you know, you're up 3-1 all third period. Uh, it's looking good. And then all of a sudden, 20 seconds left, 3-2. And they only win by one, which doesn't do you any good. Absolutely, like you said, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do, but it's going to happen. I've had my fair share of bad beats too, so yeah. uh, definitely. We all have. In that one, I had yeah, it, Carolina, and that was it. So yeah, it's something you live with, right? You deal with it, and you got to move on, right? It's going to happen from time to time. Uh, speaking of things that happen from time to time, the Leafs losing in the first round—that's happened from time to time, a lot of times uh, over the years. Um, look, um, 
I, this is not the day to just rip and shred and fucking, you know, just tear apart the Toronto Maple Leafs like I've done uh, in the last few years. When I had my epic rant against after they got, in, you know, eliminated by Montreal last year, they deserved my wrath. They deserved my criticism because I thought that was a soft game seven from the Toronto Maple Leafs against Montreal. They looked scared. They looked timid. They looked like they were lethargic. They looked like they had no desire to win a game seven on home ice. And Montreal was in pretty much firm control of that game. And that was a Montreal team that, you know, for, it ended up going to the Stanley Cup final. But you match up those two teams and rosters on paper, you would have thought the Leafs would have been uh, able to get the job done. That did not happen. And I think they were at fault. They didn't buy in. They didn't, you know, want to take that uh, take it to that extra gear that extra level of commitment sacrifice paying the price if you will uh, in a game seven situation they did not do that last year this is just as painful and like i said on twitter last year's exit to montreal was a loss of shame this year's loss to tampa bay in my opinion it was just a loss of pain you know pain that you're out again in the first round when all things considered you played the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions toe-to-toe -to -toe for seven games. And if you actually look at the goals scored in the series, guys, Toronto had one more goal than Tampa Bay. How about that? Mm -hmm. Toronto had one more goal than Tampa Bay in this series, and yet they're going home uh, in seven games. Look, Tampa Bay, this is what they can do. They can protect a lead. They did it against the Islanders to beat them in a game seven last year when they won one nothing. And for all the concern I had, a lot of us had about Andre Vasilevsky, didn't play well in April, right down the stretch. He had a bad April. It, earlier in this series, you know, he had some up and down moments. But man, what a big game, money time goalie he is, you know, and he showed it last night. His best performance, hands down, of this entire series was last night. That was spectacular goaltending for most of that game last night from Andre Vasilevsky. Once again, showing how he can elevate you know, in a very uh, big game. And he was able to do that last night for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, no question about that. And uh, look, the, the, the Nick Paul, just like Max Domi, an unsung hero in the Carolina-Boston game seven out of nowhere, it was Nick Paul. Sometimes in these game sevens, you get these surprising unsung heroes stepping up and scoring these big, look at Joel Ward back in the day. You know how many big goals he scored in, in a game seven? Uh, and uh, look, last night it was Nick Paul. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Leafs did everything but tie the game, essentially, in the third period. And even in the second, they were swarming the Lightning throughout multiple sequences. And they just couldn't get the game tied. Tampa boxed out well defensively. Vasilevsky was there with a, like a brick wall uh, in that. I mean, how the hell do you, you know, rip and criticize the Leafs too much for this? Other than losing is disappointing. You could say, hey, they fell short again. Same old Leafs. But boy, the effort was just outstanding. The intensity was at a much higher level. Their sacrifice level, their dig down level, uh, their, you know, paying the price, all of that I thought was much improved this year. Uh, and unfortunately, they were victimized by probably having to play a team as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. It really is that simple. But credit to Tampa Bay. They don't want to relinquish this Stanley Cup, guys. They want a third. It's not going to be easy. And now the question becomes how much did this series take out of them? as they get ready for the Florida Panthers in the second round. Uh, Perry, what did you think of uh, Leafs and Lightning? Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, you know, being in the GTA, you hear a lot of the squawk about, about the Maple Leafs team and not being able to get things done in the past. I think it, it's been a fair criticism in the past. They've kind of used up all their bullets 
Um, but I think you got to have nothing but respect for that group of guys, the way that they, they competed in that seven-game series, like you said, one goal differential uh, from the whole the whole series when it was all said and done. Um, I think that speaks to how close it really was. Um, I think – I think uh, you know it was a, it was a flip of a coin, and I think in any 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 circumstance, you knew that it was going to be going seven games. Um, when you looked at that on paper, when you looked how they matched up from from the goaltending to the blue line to up front, it, you know it, it was a pick'em series. So if you want to look at it from a Maple Leafs fan's perspective, um, I think the narrative of in the past when they've said you know we're going to learn from it, we're getting better, you know we're, we're close, maybe that may not have been a, you know true. Um, but I think you can look at that team and that roster and the way it's constructed and, and how they performed in, in key moments during this, the, the series and actually say, you know what, we're, we're really close here as an organization, as a franchise. I don't think it's time to, to click the panic button. Um, so I hope that that's the narrative in, in Leafsland. I hope it's, it's more one of respect for how they performed and not, you know, um, jumping on that bandwagon of, of giving them a hard time. And if you look at it from a Tampa perspective, I think, yeah, you know, you're really happy that that they were able to pull through. But I think that Braden point going down in the, in the end of the second, beginning of the third there, I think that that's, like you said, that's going to be the real key to how far they can push this for the for a third one. Um, you know, Florida, Florida Panthers are, everyone knows, you know, how good they are. Um, and if you don't have, you know, your full team in its entirety to go up against a team like that, you know, you're definitely in trouble. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how serious that injury is if he's able to, you know, come back and play. Um, but yeah, you, you can't say enough about them as an organization. They're they've won back to back Stanley Cups for a reason, um, and they just know how to get it done in in tight checking situations. And 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 at the end of the day, you know, pull the pull the result that they need. So, um, you know, did, did the better team win? Um, Maybe, maybe not, but I think you could say that the, the one with more experience and the one who understood how to play the style of game that they needed to, to, to get the result that they needed, they definitely have, have the, the upper hand when it comes to that. So um, they deserve, you know, to move on based on how they played, and it'll be, uh, it'll be a great, great series for the second round. The only thing I can say, too, that I wanted to touch on was that I, I hate the playoff structure. Like, I just – I hate how I, I feel like a lot of these, these – matchups that we're seeing in the first round these should be second and third round matchups. i agree totally it's time to go back to one versus eight two versus yeah. seven the way it used yeah. to be i agree yeah yeah so it's just it's, it's unfortunate that you've got to see probably the best hockey being played in the first round um where you've got these these great matchups these two powerhouse teams playing each other but you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out moving forward all right and one last thing i'm going to talk and then we'll get to edmonton la from last night but I have to bring it up again because I'm seeing it. And I remember, I remember I was just so livid with Leaf fans for thinking this way after they lost to Montreal last year. We've got another flock of them following last night's loss saying the same bullshit they said last year. I'm done with this team. You remember they said that last year too. I'm, uh, I can't take it anymore. The losses, the first round exits, the disappointments, uh, year in and year out. And I'm seeing it on Twitter. I'm seeing it on my Facebook statuses and people, even friends of mine texting me saying, I, I can't do it anymore. Ian. I'm done with this team saying stuff like that. I'm done with this team. I'm never watching them again. I'm never going to uh, support them again. I don't need to go into I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my, I'm going to replay my rant from last year 
right around this time after the Leafs got eliminated. I don't because it's it's basically I said it perfectly last year. I don't want to repeat it too much. This is what I said last year about Leaf fans thinking that way that uh, saying this ridiculous nonsense that they're done with the team. Here it is from last year, last June. Welcome to the Ice Guys presented by. Find it though first. Hold on, we'll get to the the good stuff. Here we go. The Sabers had those great years since they've. Let me see. There we go. I've seen and talked to and heard say, "I'm done with this team." Fuck this team. I'm done with them. Throwing their jerseys in the garbage, saying, you know what? I'm not watching this team play hockey ever again. Screw them. I'm done with them. I'm not watching them. I'm not paying for tickets anymore. I'm not going to any more Leaf games. I'm going to start cheering for another team. I'm seeing Leaf fans saying they're going to start cheering for the Seattle Kraken when they start their first season uh, next year. First of all, shut the hell up. Second of all, you know, you're saying, oh, I'm done with this team. I'm done with this team. You are done with shit. All right. You're going right back next October to cheer on this team for better or for worse, and you're still going to be the same, you know, hard-trying Leaf fan that you always have been. Stop with the nonsense, all right? You're not changing teams. You're not shutting this team out. You're not done with anything. You're still going to be a Leaf fan today. You're still going to be a Leaf fan next year, and you're going to still be a Leaf fan 20 years from now, just like you've been for your entire life, you know, because it's about loyalty. When you're a true fan, when you're a hardcore fan of a sports team, you stick with them through good times and through bad times. It's as simple as that. You don't change allegiances because they're not playing well. You stick with it. You be loyal. You show some, you know, you show some ability to just stand by your team. Is Alex B. Smith going to say, you know what, if the Blackhawks are suck for 10 years, I'm done with them? No, he's not going to do that. He's going to stand by them uh, every step of the way because that's what a true fan does. And if you're all of a sudden one of these fans that's going to resort to saying, I'm done with this team or I'm going to uh, cheer for someone else, uh, you're not a true fan. And if you follow through on that, you're, you're just a front runner. You're just a bandwagon fan. You're basically no better than some of these New England Patriots fans that I've known for the last 10 years that only became Patriots fans when Tom Brady and Hoodie showed up there and started winning Super Bowls. Where were you when Drew Bledsoe was there? Where were you when, before Robert Kraft took over the team? Where the hell were you in the 90s when the New England Patriots were a disaster? You know, where were you when Bill Parcells was coaching the team briefly there? You weren't nowhere to be found as a Patriots fan. Now all of a sudden you're a bandwagoner with Brady and Belichick there. If you disband from being a Leafs fan now, that you're no better than that. So shut up. Own the, the, the failure. Be upset about it. Be disgusted by it. You know, be absolutely... Uh, filled with rage, anger, all of that. You have every right to be. This is another epic disaster for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But don't you dare pull the I'm done with this team card. Don't you dare pull the I'm done with this team crap because we all know you're full of crap for saying it. You're not going anywhere. You're still going to be a Leaf fan. You're a Leaf fan today. You were a Leaf fan five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And guess what? You're still going to be one five years, 10 years, and 20 years from now. End of story. Alex B. Smith, Game Seven, Habs Leafs. Your your time. Very well said, Ian. And and, and you know I'm gonna lead off with what you just finished up with with the, the fans. Uh, you know, as someone who, like you said, I'm a Hawks fan. I've been a Hawks fan since I was five years old. Uh, I've watched this team through the absolute worst years of their history, and throughout the years and all the different things that you know we needed to change this and that and the other. And the biggest thing that needed to change and ultimately what did and what led to the success we've had uh, in, you know, the greater part of the last decade 
was a it was needed to be an overall culture change. Now, of course, that had to come from uh, a tragedy in the sense of our owner dying uh, and his son taking over. But that's what needed to happen in order for this franchise to make a, a return back to glory. The Leafs have the personnel in place as far as players go, as far as coaching, as far as GM and upper management. But they need a culture change. They need a mindset change. Uh, and, and that's got to come from within the players first. You know, the, the fans can't can only manifest so much. But these players have to really they need to all band together. And hopefully, you know, I know everybody is going to be kind of trying to go back to where their respective homes this summer, especially with the quarantines and different things ending this pandemic coming to a close. But honestly, this is a group that really should try to stay together in Toronto or, or pick a place wherever in the world and bond together. They need to have a true bond and, and form a, a goal, a form a core that says, hey, you know what? We need to end this shit once and for all. We have the talent. We have the personnel. These fans have been waiting forever. We have to. It's on us now to deliver this. Uh, and they got to live by this. this. This needs to be a way of life for them at this point. If you're built in, if you're going to have this long-term contract, you're going to take this money from this organization. You got to be dedicated to this organization. Uh, and, and you just can't have these kind of gaps and lapses uh, in these big moments. They have to end. So for Marner, uh, Nylander, Matthews, uh, you know, Tavares, those are the four guys. They need to band together and say, hey, we're gonna, it's, it's up to us to stop this shit once and for all. There's no reason we should be going through the same doldrums that have been going on for 17 years. There's no reason that we shouldn't, you know, talk about that. We have the longest cup drought now in history. This is longer than the 54-year drought that the Rangers had from 1940 to 1994. Uh, you, you, it's on you. It's on. It's on the core players of this, of this organization, and then it stems from outward. And, you know, I understand the fans being upset and being disappointed and saying, you know, yeah, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, you know, you'd rather watch a better team, hockey team. I get it. I get it. I went through that same phase too, but I didn't back away. I didn't throw my Hawks jerseys in the trash or set them on fire. No, you got to stick by your team. Stick by, you know, you stick by them and they stick by you. But the players have to buy into that system and they aren't doing it right now. And hopefully this will finally be the wake up call for that group of four to rally around the rest of the players, whoever they do bring in. Cause they got a lot of uh, free agents that'll be moving out. I can't imagine any of the unrestricted free agents, maybe for Spezza, because of you know cap issues, they could re-sign him in a cheaper deal. But everybody else is going to be gone. But they got to bring in guys who are going to buy into the system and buy into the change that they need to make moving forward. So until uh, they do that, we're just going to see the same old shit, you know, throughout the years. Maybe they don't even make the playoffs next year, depending on how tough things are. Think about all these teams in the North Division. They got to get back to traveling again. Back. To go so there i wanted to play alex's part of that from last that was june 1st 2021 by the way last year because alex never mind my lunacy and me going off like like a lunatic i thought what alex said was even better you know about it uh with the leap situation but look they got a bit again i don't even think you can blame dubas right and they, i mean they brought in giordano they brought in labushkin those are two guys that i think really helped that blue line this year uh and unfortunately things just uh he couldn't get over that first round. And again, you're playing the two-time defending champs. So I don't think you blow anything up. I don't think you fire coaches, GMs, anything like that. You got to try to see if next year things can be different. And of course, a format change, as Perry was alluding to, that would be nice to see that because I think that would go a long way and uh, giving the Leafs a chance to be better and make a longer playoff run. All right, LA Edmonton, just quickly, I'm, the really the thing I'm going to touch upon here is the brilliance of Connor McDavid. That was two games in a row where he said, you know, to hell with the LA Kings. I'm going to lead us to victory in this series down 3-2. 
What a job in the last two games for Connor McDavid. Unbelievable. He had the puck on that on a string last night. Uh, he was dancing. Uh, he was just making plays left and right. He could have scored about three goals himself. The, the Oilers team could have scored about eight goals last night. It was insane how many high danger quality chances they had. I think the expected goals for the Oilers last night was like four. So they could have scored way more than the two they did, uh, but they dominated the LA Kings start to finish. That was a complete team game from them last night. Mike Smith solid in net. They were swarming in the LA zone most of that game. And if not for Jonathan Quick, that was going to be an ugly loss for the LA Kings. It was a completely dominant game seven effort from the Edmonton Oilers. Credit to them. They earned it. They earned every bit of it. Connor McDavid, just some of the plays he was making behind the back passes, no look passes, just using his speed and just taking it to the net, uh, setting up his teammates. Yamamoto couldn't hit the broad side of a barn on some of those beautiful setups from McDavid, which pissed me off. I had McDavid, I had Yamamoto to score a point and score a goal. He had a million chances. He could, and hit the post one time as well. Couldn't buy one. That frustrated me, but Credit to the Oilers. That was as good as it gets from them in a Game 7 uh, victory. Harry, what did you think? Edmonton, they sure looked good, didn't they? Yeah, I think, you, again, hit the nail right on the head there. I think it's incredible that he has this uncanny ability to just say, okay, I'm putting this team on my back, and we're going, and you're just going to follow my lead. And he, you know, for the last for the last two, but even I would argue for the entire series, he had the one game where he kind of, you know, looked not not to his own standards, still was a dominant player on the ice, but maybe not to his own standards, but like just night in and night out, the things that this guy can do. It's it's he's, he's a video game. Like the guy is literally a video game watching how he's able to transport pucks out of his own zone and, and carry it through the neutral zone. I think that that's something that is extremely rare in today's NHL. You have a lot of guys who are able to, to move away from the puck and find pockets of space. But his ability to transport the puck on his own, I think that's what just separates him. Um, again, from a neutral standpoint, really happy that, you know, in my opinion, the better team is moving on. I think they've done a good job adding some nice pieces. You know, Hyman's fit in perfectly. Kane has been a great add for them. Uh, Yamamoto, you know, for his lack of success last night, he's been playing well with dry saddle. Um, so they have more of a depth a depth team they've had in years past. They have the ability to, to, to score by committee, but when you've got two of the top five players in the league, you know, that obviously helps as well. Um, the big question mark for them moving forward will just be, you know, can Mike Smith, you know, continue to cheat mother time and, and, and perform, you know, not stellar, but just at an, at a level that'll give his team the opportunity to win every night. And, you know, essentially I think that's what it will come down to. Um, when you're taking a look at how this team and how it's, how it's constructed. Yeah. And you've, I'm sure played for teams, Perry, where you've had the edge of play or the other team that you played against has had the edge of play like 38, 15, which it, what, what that's the, that was what the shots on goal were at one point last night for the Oilers. And yet Mike Smith, people are going to say Jonathan quick was awesome. And he's the only reason the Kings were close in that game and maybe overlook what Smith did. You know this better than anyone. Anyone that watches hockey knows or has played it. It's difficult to be a goaltender when you're not seeing a lot of pucks and you're not seeing a lot of rubber and you're seeing, you know, a minus 23 shot margin uh, in favor of the Kings and you're uh, seeing 23 fewer shots compared to Jonathan Quick at the other end. It's not easy for Mike Smith to stay locked in, sharp, track pucks well, be ready to go for that next shot. He was last night. He really does deserve credit for that shutout. Even though he didn't face anywhere close to the danger chances and the shots that 
Jonathan Quick did, Mike Smith deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that performance to me, uh, because it's difficult to play goal when you're basically not seeing anywhere close to the volume of rubber and shots that the other guy is, right? Absolutely. I think, I don't know if this is the former player in me, but, but we always get on guys when they're not playing well, you know, when they're not performing, you know, it's the, you're like, we're the first person to let them know. And then you make this much and all this stuff. And you're in a hot market like Edmonton is. And, and he hears it and he hears it more than, you know, a lot of goaltenders just strictly because of his age. Um, but I think the one thing about Mike Smith that I've noticed is, is, you know, even with that turnover he had earlier in the series, he, he bounced back with, with confidence. So, so Mike Smith is going to do Mike Smith. Mike Smith is going to be who he is and, you know, for better or for worse. And yeah, so kudos has to go to him. Like you said, like, it's not easy to stand there and get cold and and not face any shots and then have somebody come down and get a great A on you. So, you know, staying locked in mentally as well as physically and, and, and it, it, it's a team effort. So like you said, if he, if he's not dialed in, LA comes in, puts a soft one on that and all of a sudden, you know, that, that game looks completely different. So, so they definitely got it done by committee for sure. All right. Yeah, absolutely. They did well done by Edmonton. They'll await the Dallas Calgary winner uh, tonight. And speaking of tonight, it's time to get into tonight's action. We've got two game sevens. Uh, let's get it underway. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers game seven at Madison square garden Rangers minus minus one twenty-five home favorites here in game seven, the total six across the board. Uh, in this game. I'm on the New York Rangers in the series. I'm not adding on just like I did with Carolina yesterday. I'm just going to sit back, hope for the Rangers to uh, complete the comeback from down 3-1 and uh, win this uh, game seven tonight on home ice. And look, they've got all the momentum. There's no question. Two very terrific comeback wins for the uh, Rangers in game five uh, and in game six uh, to come back and force this seventh game. Uh, Louis, we talk about great goaltending. Uh, now we got to talk about some not so great goaltending, and Louis Domingue can't give up that goal that he did uh, for the game-winning goal the other night uh, for Game Six, uh, the four-three goal. That's got to be stopped. But some big news coming out of the uh, Penguins, and we just found this out earlier this morning. Looks like Tristan Jari is on uh, on uh, on schedule uh, to be the starting goaltender tonight uh, here in Game Seven for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, he's been out with that broken foot injury for a long period of time. So that would be significant for the uh, Penguins. Sidney Crosby was back at practice yesterday. Mike Sullivan said he looked pretty good. They said he's still a game time decision, but you, you better believe he's going to play. Yeah, he's going to try to play through this. Whatever you know, lingering uh, pain he's got, it's game seven. Uh, you, the team needs you. You know They've lost the last two games. They've lost you know the momentum they had in this series. It's all with the Rangers going into tonight. So I'd expect to see number 87 for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins tonight uh, on the ice. Uh, I expect him to be there, even though they're still calling it a game-time decision regarding his status. Uh, same with Ricard Raquel. I think he's going to try to give it a go. He's also listed uh, as a game-time decision tonight for the Penguins. Brian Boyle, by the way, is out uh, for Pittsburgh. He definitely will not play week-to-week lower body injury, so there's going to be some shakeups with the uh, lines tonight. Uh, it looks like right now, now they've got it listed without Crosby uh, on the ice. Gensel, uh, Crosby will go back to playing with Gensel and Rust. You know, you don't have to think too hard about that. If Crosby's back, he's going to go back to that number one center spot between Rust and Gensel, which is a line that tortured the Rangers before Sidney Crosby got injured early in the series. Heinen, Rodriguez, Kapanen, or probably no, Malkin's going to slide down to the number two center spot with Kapanen and Heinen. Uh, you probably get uh, Rodriguez back to uh, 
the third line somewhere, uh, and then you've got some kind of combination. Yeah, Zucker, McGinn, and Carter, and then you've got some kind of combination probably of Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez is probably going to go down to the fourth line because of that stupid penalty he took uh, the other night, which Mike Sullivan was not happy about. He was giving him the evil eye, the stank eye for taking that penalty when he did, when the Penguins were up 2 nothing in that game. Uh, in game six. So I would expect Rodriguez, he might get banished to the fourth line with uh, Drew O'Connor uh, and uh, Vito's good buddy, Teddy Bluger, uh, on the uh, fourth line there uh, as well for the uh, Penguins. So that's what we're looking at in terms of the lines for them. Rangers, of course, coming in. Shesterkin, look, he's still, did he play great the last game? No, but boy, when he needed to shut the door in the third period, he did. Uh, that's a confidence builder for him. You know, the Rangers have every opportunity to close this out and complete this comeback. I like what I'm seeing. Zibanejad finally said welcome to the playoffs uh, the other night. He finally showed up, had a huge game for the Rangers after being pretty quiet in this series. Kreider was great. Andrew Kopp's had a terrific series. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere has really stepped it up. You know, all this, can we park it with that ridiculous bust talk about Alexi Lafreniere? Let the guy develop. He's going to be a good player. Uh, and he's having a nice series for the Rangers. I'm good. I'm just going to sit back, hope the Rangers win. I'm already invested in them to win the series. Uh, I'm just going to hope they win this series tonight. Uh, nothing on the side. I'm going to look, maybe I'm an idiot because of three unders yesterday, but I'm on the over here with Penguins and Rangers one more time, just because we've seen every game uh, end up going over the total. Uh, it concerns me that we saw three game sevens that were pretty tight defensively, good checking, excellent goaltending. They all stayed under. But I can't deny this series history. Every game's gone over the total, and the total's only six here. So I'm going to take a shot with that. As far as props go, if Crosby's in, you got to look at Crosby props. He's a guy that's probably going to show up big tonight. You know, shots on goal, score a point, score a goal, definitely. And Gensel as well. I mean, I think if they're going to win game seven, Pittsburgh, it goes through those two guys. I'd look at them from a prop standpoint. The Rangers, I'd stick to the players I mentioned. You know, I think Lafreniere could chip in. You know, I think Andrew Kopp's been an excellent upgrade. Uh, you know, Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin are the big guns. I wouldn't say don't bet their player props, but if you like value, Kopp and Lafreniere, I think, are where it's at uh, for the New York Rangers. Vito, what do you think here? Game seven, Pittsburgh, New York. Uh, yeah, well, game seven is always a big one. So, and I think it's, it's, it's good. Well, you cannot disagree, you know, with other people decisions, you know, because more or less it's not a coin flip, you know, but still, well, it's a big game. So uh, how I look at this, I mean, uh, even if Jari coming back, you know, you cannot always trust, you know, goalie which has not played, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know Jari so well how he can perform, you know, if he has not been played, it's hard to get back in, uh, in like in game seven, I think, you know, it's not that easy. We saw Talbot also for a while played also only game seven, you know, so that was not that easy for him. And well, the, and also the Crosby thing, I, I'm not, I don't know how serious is the injury, if he's going to be 100% or not, you know, but it's still good, good to have Crosby in the lineup. But overall, what, how this series looks for me, I mean, Pittsburgh all around has been a bit better team by the expected goals, I mean. And again, we see that Pittsburgh is getting that lead, you know. Team is getting up 2-0, 2 nothing uh, in the last two games, you know, and the Rangers really have to come back, and that's not easy, you know. And for me, I would prefer to go with the team which gets on the board first you know uh, especially in game seven here so uh, i understand that this is a big comeback from the rangers side but also winning from 3-1 serious it, i don't know what was the percentage and exact stat but i know that doesn't happen too often you know it's hard to win from 3-1 so uh if, if pittsburgh gets a full lineup i mean pittsburgh is better team you know from from for me i i see pittsburgh as a better team so 
And uh, if Jerry plays well and if Crosby is in the lineup and if everything is rolling, uh, the, I think Pittsburgh uh, is going to win this game. Uh, I can see this also going to a draw. Maybe we see something similar uh, what happened in the first game of this series, which went to the triple OT. But uh, overall, I think the Pittsburgh has to be better in uh, special teams. That's where, where Rangers are dominating them. I mean, uh, in PK and in power play, I mean, as uh, Coach Sewell and also said that that's what, uh, that's what uh, they're going to work on uh, during the, these off days. And yeah, well, uh, that's the team. I mean, the special teams, I think that's, that should be better. I mean, if having Crosby back and he's, he's huge for power play as well, you know, but he's huge for the team. So yeah, let's uh, hopefully those guys are sh uh, sharp and yeah, give me, I will go with the Pittsburgh Penguins at plus money here. All right, like in Pittsburgh to uh, avoid the uh, three to one series. I mean, uh, there's one more stat. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh on, on game sevens, uh, they're like 10, 10 against seven, I think uh, now. And uh, betting that away in the road, they're like five, uh, five against zero in a game seven. So that just, I don't look at those much, you know, but that, I was just scrolling the three. Five and all on the road in game sevens, Pittsburgh, huh? <laughs> yeah. Very good. So yeah, I will go with Pittsburgh here. <laughs> All right, so 5-0 and in their last five game sevens on the road uh, in the playoffs, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So interesting there. We'll see if that – look, they're going to get a boost. Jari – look, I don't care what Jari is in terms of percentage of, you know, if, if he's – he probably is 100% healthy. They wouldn't put him in. But, you know, whether he's rusty or, you know, he's not – he hasn't started in weeks, I don't care. After what I saw from Deming in game six, he's a better option, you know, at this point. He, you know, you got to go to him. You know, in a game seven, how could you have faith in Deming after the goal he let in to cost you game six? I mean, I think if you're Sullivan, you've almost if, if Jari can go, he's got to be the guy. He's got to be your starting goalie tonight, as far as I'm concerned. And obviously, I, I expect Crosby to be in there. I know they're saying this game time decision uh, nonsense, but I expect him to play. It's game seven. He was in practice. Sullivan said he looked all right. He'll be in there, in my opinion. Uh, Perry, what do you think here? Penguins, Rangers. I think I'm uh, I'm a little bit biased. I had the Penguins at the beginning. I put a prop in to have them win the series. So when they went up three one, I was super happy. I should have cashed out then. Um, now you're sweating. Now I, I do I do like the Penguins, and the only reason I say that is because this series reminds me a lot of the Leafs Tampa series, um, just in the sense that you've got you've got the Rangers, and, I, and I'm going to equate them to being somewhat like the Maple Leafs, where they're this up and coming team that's got lots of talent up front. You know, they got the Vesna, well, in my opinion, the Vesna winning goaltender for this season on the back end. But there's some question marks on their blue line. And, and you know, they haven't really been tested in the sense that they haven't gone through the ringer before. I still think they need to to learn how to lose and, and how to bounce back. Um, and, and Pittsburgh just kind of has that that swagger about them. They've been through it before. They understand. And I don't expect them to feel any pressure. Uh, they've lost two in a row now. And like Vito alluded to, like, I don't think that, you know, it's very difficult to beat a team three times in a row with travel and, and you know, with adjustments that coaching staffs are being, are making. And I, and I don't think they feel the pressure. I really don't. I think that, you know, they're a group of veteran guys that they come into the room and it's just another game. Um, and with Crosby, uh, you know, leading that group, I think that, that they've got, you know, you, you'd be foolish to bet, bet against them, in my opinion. Um I definitely have him having a night. I had him to get over two and a half shots on goal for the last game. And then when he left the game, that one kind of went down the, down the toilet. So I'll probably go back to the well on that one for, for shots on goal. And uh, I like Fox. I like Fox to get on the board for the Rangers. Um, 
he tortured me at, at Harvard when we played against him. So I know the kind of stuff that he could wow, do. Wow, you played against him. So you saw it up close personal, how good this guy could be on that. Blue oh, line, yeah, right? this guy, he's incredible. He's an absolute magician with the puck. So, like, he, you know, everything runs through him, especially from a, from a power play standpoint. So I love him getting on the board. And, and again, if they can stay five on five, I think uh, that's Pittsburgh's game. Uh, if we start getting to see these ticky-tack calls that we've kind of seen throughout the playoffs where, you know, it's it's – 20 upwards of 20 to 25 minutes of special times per game. I think that's where the Rangers can kind of grab the grab a grasp on this game and, and kind of tilt the, the ice in their favor. But um, I, 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 I'm definitely on, uh, on the Penguins for this one, I think. All right, there you go. Penguins uh, plus 105, some Crosby props, especially shots on goal for Perry. And you like Adam Fox. Do you prefer to score a point or score a goal? I assume score a point. Right? I'm going to say a point. I think he's more of a pass first yeah. guy, so I got him for yeah. an assist. Yeah, that minus 120, I think they had it at. Yeah, I think that's not bad, actually. You know, been a game seven, he's got to be active. And look, if the Rangers are down at any point in this game, open things up, they have to even more in a game seven with their season on the line. That's going to give them more opportunity. He'll be the first guy, if they're trailing like two to one in the third period, to really, you know, try to drive the offense from the back end because he's so good at doing that. Uh, he'll certainly be looking uh, to uh, make that kind of impact, especially if the Rangers are trailing at any point in this game and yeah fox has a point in every game this series so there you go it's hard to uh, argue with that six games and a point in each for him so uh, definitely uh, uh, a good thought there that we could see that once again here for uh, tonight all right western conference game seven the other game seven tonight the dallas stars and the calgary flames uh, we've got the uh, calgary flames minus 215 uh, home favorites here uh, in this uh, game uh, tonight minus 215 the total five and a half uh, pretty much across the board. That's a typo. I'll change that. It's five and a half, the uh, total here uh, in uh, this game tonight. Uh, but when you look at it, obviously, this is a situation here where, you know, the Calgary Flames, I think, are better than the Dallas Stars. I, I, I believe that. I, I think they are better uh, than the Dallas Stars. But do I want to lay minus 215? I don't think I do. I, I know I don't. And because, uh, especially when Dallas, guys, is coming off maybe the best game they've played in this series. The difference for Dallas in game six, and they finally showed some thrust of offense, and scoring has been a, a major problem for Dallas in this series. But for the first time in game six, I saw them generate speed through the neutral zone. They backed up the Calgary defense. Uh, they didn't hold the blue line. No, they 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 entered the blue line uh, or entered the zone with ease, Dallas in game six. Like, they were really a problem for Calgary's blue line. And that was something that I didn't expect because I think Calgary had done a great job defensively containing the Stars, not at all in game six. I mean, they just got carte blanche to enter the zone. The Calgary was kind of backing up. They weren't holding the blue line. And Dallas took advantage of that uh, in game six. That was their best offensive surge. Even Ben and Sagan, who I've criticized, you can't trust those guys in a big game half the time. They didn't play that bad. Uh, this is definitely, though, you know, Rupe Hintz was great again. Joe Pavelski goes without saying he was phenomenal in game six once again. All that guy does, Joe Pavelski, is show up in every single big game and every single time that it's backs against the wall, you know what you're going to get out of Joe Pavelski. And this goes back to when he played in San Jose. Every single big game he stepped up for them. For Calgary, look, they had, a, they had their share of chances as well. Jake Ottinger continues to be a huge story in this series. He's been great uh, in that. He's a large part of, of the story in this series as to why Dallas has gotten this uh, to game seven uh, here. Uh, so I think this is probably going to be a tight game. 
Uh, I don't have anything in this game from a side or a totals perspective. I, I hate doing that. You know, usually I have something on every single game, you know, with my high volume betting ways. But this one's a tricky one for me. Uh, maybe you can look at Calgary and regulation for better value. But I really do think this has a legit shot at overtime. And la- yesterday I mentioned on the show, I took a shot with the draw in all three games, thinking that, you know, they could all go to overtime. And even if just one game goes to overtime, it's profit. Of course, none of them did yesterday. But when you really look back at it, Boston Carolina was a 3-2 final, one goal game. Toronto Tampa was 2-1, a one goal game. The Leafs were this close to tying it in the final minute. And then of course LA Edmonton, you know, that that game was one nothing until very late when Connor McDavid with that beautiful effort and goal to make it 2-0 uh put it away. So that game certainly had a shot at least to get to overtime with the way it was for most of that game. So yeah, none of the draw bets cashed yesterday, but I don't know if that's going to make me shy away from maybe doing that with those two, two games tonight, once again, with the draw, because I think there's a chance we get overtime in one of these games, especially this one. You know, I really could see this game in particular being uh, a game where we need uh, a rare game seven overtime. So the draw at, you know, a great plus price is probably the one pregame stance that I like other than props. And for props, I'm not going to overcomplicate this. Uh, I'm going to, I, for Calgary, I'd go with uh, Elias Lindholm. Mangiapane's had a nice last couple games. I think Pedro might be due to explode because he's been all over the net and had chances. And then for Dallas, there's one player I'm interested in from a player prop standpoint, whether it's shots on goal, goals, or points, and that's Joe Pavelski. You know you're going to get his best in a game seven situation such as this. That's all he does. All he does is show up big. For his team, when they need him the most, when the team needs a win the most, that's when you get the best out of Joe Pavelski. And I think you're going to see that tonight. I don't mind hints either as a prop look for the Stars, but my number one player prop, I think of the entire day uh, of these two games is Joe Pavelski for Dallas. I just have that sense. He's going to somehow make an impact because he's done this so many times. I remember San Jose Vegas guys a couple of years ago scores a huge goal to get that game tied. Uh, and spurs that comeback against the Golden Knights. Uh, that's all Joe, Joe Pavelski is just a big-time clutch performer at this time of year, and I think you'll see that again here from him today. Uh, Perry, we'll start with you with this one, Game 7, Dallas-Calgary. Yeah, I think this, for me, this is this one's been the, the weirdest one the whole way through. It's, I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde because, you know, there's I think both teams have had their spurts, but it's just one that I just have such a hard time hard time getting a, a handle on um i love the i love the the take you just had on 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 ot i think absolutely it's got a chance i think it's going to be kind of the same thing that we've seen the whole way through extremely tight checking um defensive clogging up the neutral zone type of game um i i'm gonna go a little bit more in depth in terms of the props i i really like I, I really think there's been a change in the guards in Gal in Dallas. You know, we've we've moved away from 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 the the, the previous regime where guys like Hints and Robertson and you know Pavelski, like you mentioned, they're they're kind of taking the reins now. Yeah. So I think not a lot of attention is going to be paid to to Ben. Um, I think he's a big body for them, and he's he's at minus one sixty for for one and a half shots on net. So I really like that one two shots on net. He had five shots on net in their last game where. Uh, you know, it was a big game for them, so I, I like him to hit that prop for sure. And then plus two fifteen for Hints to get to get an assist. I think a lot of the stuff runs through him and Robertson now. 
with, with those young guys come and taking the reins there for them. Um, so those are the two that I'm kind of keen, keen in on uh, for this game. But as far as money line goes, I, I, I really, I really have no idea. Like, I think, like you said, Calgary's the better team, but just the way the odds are stacked, it's just not worth it. And, and I could see a situation where Dallas upsets, you know, they've done it before with this head coach where they win series that they really don't have any business winning if you want to be frank about it. And, and they've got that kind of confidence to, to defend um, and allow teams to control the puck and control the coursey numbers for a long period of time. And they're okay with that. And they, they'll, they'll beat you one, nothing two one three two, and and they're fine with that. So yep. I really don't like touching anything in terms of the, the results of the games, but I, I like shots on goal for Ben and I like the assists for, uh, for Rupe. All right. I like it. You know, that's good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Ben, Ben with the shots, uh, I prefer Ben shots than Ben actually putting it in. That, that's been a little bit of an issue for him. So I like that you, the way you're playing it, Perry, is you're looking more toward the shots prop because whether he actually cashes in with those shots that he ends up having in this game, that's the, uh, that's the true question. That's the, that's the concern you would have because uh, it hasn't been easy to find his uh, offense. No, and definitely not in this series. And there's no doubt about that. All right, Vito, what do you think Dallas Calgary? Yeah, well, you see, overall in this series, they have been very tight. But, uh, well, I think Calgary have been getting better looks. You know, Odinger has just been playing amazing. That's definitely something to mention. But again, when we come to the playoffs, you know, it's all about that we always bring up this experience, you know. And when we look at the players and when we look at who they have in the locker room, obviously Dallas has some, old, uh, like, more experience than older guys a little bit in the locker room, you know, maybe in case of playoffs like you know you don't need to be the maybe the fastest team always you know you need to be the smartest team to win so yeah that, dallas is showing that you know they know they know they will not outskate uh, calgary you know they have to play different style and that's what they do you know they kind of get on the lead and then play this forever defense how we call here in latvia you know you're just sitting in defense and just not giving you just keeping you over the boards you know some shots sh shots from there and there but not like giving great eight scoring chances well that's what, what dallas trying to do but yeah, for me, I already took Calgary actually here in the series when it was they were down one one to two against uh, Dallas. I think they lost uh, the first road game in uh, Dallas, and then they were down one two. So then I took them to win the series at minus one fifteen. So that's why what well, that's what I'm on now. So for me, it's yeah, I'm on Calgary, and I will not change my mind. I mean, I Dallas is not playing bad, and then, well, this is playoffs, you know. And I as I always say, every team which is in playoffs, they deserve to be, you know, there. So. And this this being a hell of a series, I mean, it goes to game seven, and that it deserves to be a game seven here. I mean, Dallas plays very well, but I mean, just yeah, I prefer to go with a better team here. And uh, in my opinion, uh, we're gonna see the best from. Uh, I want to see also the Alberta Alberta obviously Derby, you know, in the next round, Flames playing against Oilers. I think that would be a huge one. So there's many things why I would like to see uh, Flames winning here. I mean, too much for me on Flames, so. Yeah, for the for the view for the viewers, I would go with the flames on in the regulation. I think they can get it done. So I I would not maybe go with puck line. I don't know how it ends. You know, it's still all all that matters is, is to win. And you know, basically, you, you, when you go to the game, I think you don't you don't think it's gonna go to the OT. You go there and you you think you're gonna get it done in sixty. You know, so that's what I hope to see from flames here. So yeah, give me them in regulation then. And you can get minus 128, by the way, with Calgary in regulation. That's about one of the better prices around that, minus 125. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go Calgary in regulation uh, for a quarter unit and a quarter unit on the draw. The only thing that would beat me is Dallas in regulation. That would be the one 
situation where I'd lose both bets. And that's the one where I, I, I don't know if we're going to see Dallas actually winning in regulation tonight in Calgary with that sea of red. Everybody's going to have their red flames jerseys as always in the crowd, very loud environment. I think there's one, a good chance that if Dallas wins, it, it takes more than 60 minutes. So uh, that's probably what I'll do. And uh, a little bit bigger bet on Calgary regulation, smaller bet on the draw. And if one of them wins, I'm profitable. That is going to be the goal for me uh, in this game from the uh, from a side perspective. Uh, and then I do like the uh, – look, I'm going to take a shot again today with the third period overs in both of these games. It didn't work out yesterday. I may have to rethink this. If we go Owen, if we go two unders in the third period today after three unders in the third period yesterday, I may have to rethink this strategy a little bit. But we're not going to abandon ship uh, after one day where we had three unders in game seven, third period. So uh, we'll go back to the well with that. And by the way, that parlay that uh, I mentioned yesterday, uh, it's uh, it's available to you at, at, at a couple books. You could uh, parlay the third period over uh, in both games tonight, the uh, Penguins-Rangers uh, as well as the uh, Stars and the Flames. If you parlay the two of those together, uh, you can get a nice plus price on that. Uh, let me just see what that would be, the uh, plus price. Yeah, you'd be able to get the uh, third period over one and a half plus 120 for a parlay of the third period over one and a half goals in both games tonight, Pittsburgh-Rangers. Dallas Calgary. I know yesterday was a weird day where we didn't get a single third period over, even though these this trend has been a huge cash cow for years. But I, like I said, I'm not going to abandon ship after just one day where uh, all three games uh, ended up staying under. So that's Dallas Calgary. Great stuff, Perry. Uh, Perry Dariso with us, our special guest. You hit the, the you hit it out of the park. Uh, all our guests have. The, you know, our guests have been terrific. Uh, and we uh, appreciate all of them joining us here on the uh, show today. We've got best bets to wrap up the show now in just a second. Uh, but first, before we do that, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. Uh, reminder, new, uh, new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets. Uh, to wrap it up for this Sunday edition of the Ice Guys, Vito, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Uh, yeah, well, since I got flames in the series, I also will go with them in this game, and uh, I will just take Calgary in the regulation. They've been great at home, you know. They've been, play, uh, they've been good, better team all season. I know these are playoffs, and it could be different, but I will go with a better team here, yeah. Right, Calgary Flames in regulation around minus 125, minus 130 uh, is what you can get with that for Vito with his best bet. All right, Perry, first time on the ice, guys. Your first best bet. What do you like? Ooh, pressure's on here. I think I'm going to hop on the bandwagon with Vito. I just think, you know, the, 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 Dow, um, the New York and Pittsburgh series is a little bit too tight to call. I do think, like I said, I think Calgary's the better team. So if we're going to go just for straight uh, straight result, I think I like Calgary tonight over Dallas. All right, there we go. Calgary Flames as well uh, it, for the uh, Perry with the uh, best bet here uh, tonight in this uh, Sunday card. Calgary, and again, Calgary and regulation is minus 125, uh, minus 130. 
Uh, my best bet, look, I'm a, it probably, I don't know if it was going to be Rangers. I'm just sitting back hoping the Rangers win it because I've got them in the series before it starts. Although, to be honest, with Crosby and Jari likely coming back, uh, the Penguins could definitely take game seven. So we'll see how that goes. I am going to go with over six, minus 120 in that Penguins-Rangers game. I mean, I, I know we had three unders, all right? I understand the risk that I'm taking, that maybe we get, you know, 3-1, 2-1, tight-checking, low-scoring games again today. But I can't get over the fact that we've had six overs in this series, 4-3-5-2-7-4-7-2-5-3-5-3. Those have been the scores. Total's only six. Uh, I'll take a shot here with it. Penguins-Rangers over six, minus 120. And even though Jari's back, Will he be sharp in that first game? I'm not so sure. I think we'll still see these teams offensively good enough uh, to be able to find the back of the net and get that game over the total. So that's what we'll go with. Pittsburgh, New York Rangers, over six, minus 120 uh, for my best bet. All right, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Uh, we've got lots of special guests coming up later this week. We're looking forward to that. We're going to have Carl Alsner down the road as well, uh, joining us on the uh, uh, Ice Guys show in the playoffs. Uh, lots to go. Uh, we might have Derek Roy and Bobby Ryan back on later on as well. We've, we're uh, likely going to have that down the road. So we've got lots going on. Guests all week long this week as well. So Looking forward to that. So make sure you tune in each day uh, to the Ice Guys. For Vito, for our special guest, we thank him for joining us, Perry DeRiso, Ani, and Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.